Happy 2020. This is your host, Francis Tapon of the WanderLearn Podcast. To celebrate 2020, this monumental, important year, seminal year in the Earth's history, we're going to look at all of Earth's history compressed in one year. In fact, if you Google Earth's history compressed in one year, the number one result on Google is one of my articles. And so I thought I would share it with you since it's been shared thousands of times and read tens of thousands of times, if not probably a million times. Let's get into it. If you took the 4.6 billion year history that we have on this planet Earth and just pretend it's one calendar year, this is how it would work. January and February would be good months to stay in your cabin. The Earth's environment was chaotic. Incessant wind and rain would erode away barren mountains faster than a plastic surgeon can erode away Michael Jackson's nose. On February 28th, or is it February 30th, life would spring forth. Sure, these single cellular organisms would be stuck in the warm coastal waters and by the thermal vents, but we'll take what we can get. March 20th, stromatolites would pop up. July 17th, about halfway through the year, multicellular life, those cells with nuclei, would be strutting their stuff. Trilobites, which are hard-shelled creatures, would start feeding on the multicellular life. By the end of the month, small vertebrates would start feeding on the trilobites. All-you-can-eat restaurants were invented. Most of the year would go by and still there would be no life on the land. And where would the continental divide be in October? It wouldn't be a thrusting mass of mountains that I walked. Quite the opposite. It would be a broad channel of water. You could ride your kayak down the channel. In fact, if you flew over North America in the month of June, you'd see that 60% of the land is underwater. Would you see forests of trees on the land? Nope. You wouldn't even see moss clinging to the ubiquitous rocks. Zero plant life halfway through the life of the earth. However, it wouldn't be a static, boring, rock-filled landscape. It would be constantly eroding, pummeled by endless torrential rains that make the southeast Asian monsoons seem like a drizzle. The Continental Divide would be impossible to recognize in early November. Instead of the Rocky Mountains stretching out as far as the eye can see, you'd see a massive sea that stretched from the Arctic to the Gulf of Mexico. In early October, the first plants would gain a precarious foothold on the land. For every plant that latches on the land, many will get washed away by the endless rain. The struggle of the plants to get established lasts for weeks, but they finally settle down. Vegetarians aren't far behind. On November 18th, the Cambrian explosion, a burst of complex life would roll out. In a couple of days, the seas are crowded with fish. A few claustrophobic ones develop crude lungs, call themselves amphibians, and get timeshares on the land. Around November 20th, the Appalachian mountain range starts to rise, and it will be far higher than any other mountain range in the United States today. You wouldn't find cozy shelters every 15 kilometers on the Appalachian Trail. December starts with insects, and since Continental Divide Trail hikers had not been invented yet, 
the mosquitoes started bugging the first amphibians, which show up on December 2nd. Sharks and seeded plants follow. On December 5th, the first reptiles show up. By December 12th, the Permian extinction, the most deadly event in Earth's history, happens. Siberian traps, big volcanoes, spew out such toxic smoke that 95% of the life on Earth dies. December 13th, dinosaurs appear. December 14th, dinosaurs chase the pathetic-looking mammals that just start to appear. The dinosaurs thought these mammals were snacks, since few were much bigger than a rat. December 22nd, plants with flowers appear. It's about time. December 26th, the planet's post-Christmas presents are cats and dogs, cute puppies and kittens. The most memorable event of this day is when an asteroid the size of Manhattan Island strikes the Yucatan with a force of 100 million megatons. The impact would release a heat pulse that would set off fires across the planet. The result, a planetary dinosaur barbecue. December 27th. Grasses spread like fire across the earth. Pigs and deer follow. The Rocky Mountains would finally start to rise and tower over the surrounding land. And the Continental Divide Trail wasn't well marked then either. The Colorado River would start its tedious process of slicing the Grand Canyon. On December 28th, first primates jump through the trees. The sun would rise on the last day of the year, December 31st, and still no sign of humans. Finally, at 1718, in other words, 518 p.m., somewhere in Africa, the first clumsy hominids would stand up. During the last hours of the year, you'd see massive sheets of ice as tall as mountains cover America and Eurasia. And like an accordion, you'd see the ice sheets, which are glaciers, come and go four times in just a few hours. It would look like a global warming yo-yo gone wild. With one hour to go before the year ends, Homo erectus shows up to the primate party. And 30 minutes to midnight on the last day of the year, the French start showing off their artistic talent as Cro-Magnon Man draws cool paintings in some caves. And then 15 minutes to midnight, Homo sapiens figure out how to make weapons of mass destructions, which are sharp knives and spears. Five minutes to midnight, civilization begins. Prostitution shortly follows. Egyptians, Babylonians, Greeks, and Romans each spend about a minute building touristy buildings. And then, at 23, 58 minutes, and 43 seconds, Jesus tells everyone to behave, and we kill him a nanosecond later. With just 20 seconds to go before the year draws to a close, Columbus bumps into America. Dick Clark is born and starts making a living counting down the seconds of the new year. With just seven seconds to go, announces Dick Clark, and the rebels sign the Declaration of Independence with just seven seconds to go. And in those final seven seconds, we finally arrive at the crown jewel of a billion years of evolution. Megan Fox. Whenever you're feeling pretty important in your cubicle, or you're pissed off that your spouse is late, or you're frustrated that you don't have everything you want, then perhaps it's time to think about this timeline. 
James C. Reddy wrote a similar timeline 50 years ago. I think about this timeline every day during my walks in the wilderness, especially when a lovely rash develops near my groin. Put your life in relationship to this calendar. Put whatever event that you think is a big deal and place it in this timeline. Watch its importance shrink to nothingness. This might make you depressed, but it can also liberate you from the shackles that bind most of us to the unimportant issues of the day. It might help motivate you to make the changes in your life that you've wanted to make. Go out and have fun, hike your own hike, and enjoy the time you have on this lively planet. This is Francis Tapon, encouraging you to wander and learn. And that concludes this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we talked about, or if you'd like to comment on the show, or if you'd like to ask me a question, then go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember FTAPON. That's my first initial and my last name. FTAPON is the username I use on all social media. You can also get to my website by going to ftapon.com. And here's one last reason to remember FTAPON. If you like what I do and would like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash FTAPON. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. And now for five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the Wander Learn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it somewhere. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.